for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Here is your host, Rob Carson. It is uh, the 14th of juillet. That's uh, July 4th in uh, French, by the way. It's Bastille Day, by the way. I think it's the first time I've used my uh, my double major in French. Yeah, seriously, I, I had a double major in French in uh, broadcasting of, of all things at college. But anyway, uh, I didn't use it a whole lot, but I tested out of most of it because I already knew how to kind of speak French. Anyway, welcome to the show. We have a huge, huge, huge show today for you, talking about Texas Democrats fleeing the state to avoid uh, voting on a voting rights bill, which actually secures the vote, one vote, one person, rather than allowing Democrats to steal elections. There in Washington, D.C., Joe Biden delivered an unhinged address in Pennsylvania yesterday. And Pennsylvania isn't even, uh, they're not even revamping their voting. They're just, the, the Doug Mastriano, a senator from the state, just wants to do an audit of the votes. But it was, I mean, it was unhinged yesterday. Special guest Azra Numani, who is uh, fighting the good fight in Fairfax County, Virginia, with regard to getting rid of CRT in schools. We're going to update with her because there's a lot of stuff happening there. I want to remind you, Stamps.com makes the show possible today. Stamps.com. Uh, first sponsor of the show, and we are so proud to have them to be a part of the show. All right, so Joe Biden yesterday went to Pennsylvania, went to Philadelphia. Now, uh, there are several other states right now that are passing and have passed voting legislation that makes it harder to cheat, okay? And all of these states, they are creating legislation that is less restrictive than Joe Biden's home state of Delaware. But that didn't prevent the president from delivering an ultimately incredibly inflammatory mindless speech yesterday. Here he is claiming that 150 people voted in the last election. All told, more than 150 Americans of every age, of every race, of every background exercise their right to vote. Well, it's quite a few more than that, actually. And I think some of them actually exercise their right to vote several times. Yeah. Here he is talking about uh, the voting legislation. Okay. They want to secure the vote in several different states because of all of the chicanery that took place, all of the changes in the vote laws that happened before, all of the nonsense that happened, all of the drop boxes that uh, Mark Zuckerberg paid for and whatnot, and ultimately through the election. Uh, here he is talking about how those attempts to make sure your vote counts are the biggest threat since the Civil War to our democracy. I never thought in my entire career I'd ever have to say it. But I swore an oath to you, to God, to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution. Well, you've certainly not done that. That's an oath that forms a sacred trust to defend America against all threats, both foreign and domestic. What about the, uh, the, the, the threat that's coming across our border to the tune of about 2 million people this year? I've said it before. We're facing the most significant test of our democracy since the Civil War. That's not hyperbole. Yeah, it is. Oh, no, it's absolutely hyperbole. I mean, there is no doubt that is hyperbole. Of our democracy since the Civil War. That's not hyperbole. Since the Civil War. Let me be like if they wanted to do uh, vote reform in uh, Japan, and they said, this is the biggest threat to our democracy since Hiroshima and Nagasaki. I mean, can you make it even bigger? Can you make it even more bombastic? Can you... Uh, 
effectively whiz on the graves of tens of thousands of Civil War soldiers who fought for uh, freedom and to end slavery. I mean, really, could you just, could you make it any it, Of course it's hyperbole. Dear Lord in heaven, it's a, a perfect example of hyperbole. It's all hyperbole all the time. If it was a radio station, it'd be 24-hour hyperbole. Coming up, 20 minutes of commercial-free hyperbole. Stick around. Yeah, pretty much like that. Oh, and here he is actually, uh, this, <laughs> this is the president yesterday. This is a quote that is largely attributable to Joseph Stalin. Now, this is, this is the quote from Joseph Stalin, and, and generally conservative talk show hosts. We make fun of this quote. We make fun of this quote. But Joe Biden selected this quote attributed to Joseph Stalin. Here's the quote, actually. It is enough that, we, that the people know there was an election. The people who cast the votes decide nothing. The people who count the votes decide everything. That's what Joseph Stalin said. So basically, Joseph Stalin says it doesn't matter how the people vote. We can rig it to see who wins, ultimately, the people who count the votes. Here is the president quoting Joseph Stalin. It's no longer just about who gets to vote or making it easier for eligible voters to vote. It's about who gets to count the vote. Who gets to count whether or not your vote counted at all. Wow, that is just spectacular. I don't even know. I, I saw this uh, tweet, you know, somebody tweeted this and said, I think he said the quiet parts out loud. He didn't mean to. <laughs> because honestly, it's like, wow. I, it's just, you can't make this up. That is so cartoonish that he would quote Joseph Stalin he wouldn't quote Joseph Stalin. Here's a little bit more from the old wind. I mean, uh, the president. They voted early. They voted absentee. They voted in person. They voted by mail. They voted by Dropbox. They voted for other people. Dead people voted. And then they got their families and friends to go out and vote. And then November the 4th at around 630 in the morning, hundreds of thousands of ballots arrived for Joe Biden. 96% of them for Joe Biden in Michigan. Election officials. The entire electoral system kept Republican officers from seeing the counting of the vote. Withstood unrelenting political attacks. Oh, no, I think we've actually been the ones who've been uh, relentlessly attacked and, and Republicans have been relentlessly attacked. Physical threats, intimidation and pressure. Everything he says is the opposite. They did so with unyielding courage and faith in our democracy. They stole those votes courageously. With recount after recount after recount, court case after court case. No, you're absolutely wrong. You're absolutely incorrect. The recounts that did occur were very shallow. They were actually uh, attorneys general who had actually worked to corrupt the voting system. They were in charge of it. Okay. And the court cases were never heard. The court cases were never heard. Went to the civil to the Supreme Court. They never even heard the argument. They didn't know anything about it. They turned it down. Here is uh, Doug Mastriano. Uh, talking yesterday on Newsmax, I believe this is the National Report. He is a senator from the state of Pennsylvania talking about uh, the Civil War comments made by Joe Biden and Jen Psaki. We need to work together with civil rights organizations to build as broad a turnout and voter education system to overcome the worst challenge to our democracy since the Civil War. How, how's it going to get bigger than that? How's it going to get how more bombastic than that? Where, where do they go next? Worst challenge since the Civil War. Uh, Pennsylvania State Senator Doug Mastriano uh, joining us live here. I asked for your reaction. I see it. If I can hear it, he was your laughing. reaction. She does protest too much. I live right here by Gettysburg. I was oh, at yes. the battlefield yesterday. She has no clue what she's talking about. From the party that perpetuated slavery and Jim Crow and KKK, oh, the irony. 
Yep. All I want to do is get to the bottom of what happened in 2020 and 2021. So they won't mention that I'm looking at two elections. And it looks like they can't handle the truth or they're afraid of something. Oh, I think they're definitely afraid of something. Here, uh, Doug Mastriano is talking about how he sent a letter to the president to meet with him. We went to Pennsylvania, but of course, the president didn't respond. Uh, here's what you said. A full forensic investigation that is necessary for the sake of transparency and accountability. Those who have concerns about the integrity of the election will have those concerns investigated and hopefully addressed. Those who think that there was zero voter fraud, no irregularities, and that the elections were conducted perfectly will have the chance to be vindicated. End of quote from you. Uh, is that accurate? Did he reply? <laughs> that is accurate, and I'm yet to hear from the from the president. You know, because I'm sure our governor, our governor here, Wolf, and our Attorney General Shapiro, who, by the way, as a senior law enforcement official of the state, declared Joe Biden the winner before one ballot was counted last At- actually happened last year so that shows you really a conflict of interest did he know something or was he just incompetent they're not going to tell president biden the the truth so i want to lay out to him this is why we need to do it if you believe in our constitutional republic just let's open up the books and prove me wrong or maybe there were issues yeah and here he is talking about how he is being blocked by the attorney general He's being blocked by the governor, but his uh, demand for a recount is completely constitutional, and it will happen. Lawmakers there in Pennsylvania, the attorney general saying no one should comply with this audit. I know that you're questing it in three different counties. Where does that stand? Do you have a chance of even getting an audit done in those counties? Absolutely. According to the Constitution, which clearly our attorney general has not read or forgotten about, uh, Article 1, Section 4, Clause 1, gives the legislative body in the states the power, the manner, and how elections are conducted. And we also have the power, as upheld by the Supreme Court, to launch investigations. We have oversight of all. Go, Doug. Go, Doug. Elections. These are nothing but Democrat scare tactics. They need to put aside their partisanship and just come on board, join us, and prove us wrong. So many things happened last year with COVID, new election laws, laws being rewritten and reinterpreted by our Supreme Court, changes by the Wolf administration, even vote dumping, vote harvesting the night before the election. So surely if there was ever a time to take a hard look and when more than half of the people in the state say there were issues and they wanted to address, we need to do it. Otherwise, I'll use their term. They say democracy. Our democracy will die in darkness if we don't do this. Yeah, and we're a representative Republican. Doug knows that, too. That's what he was trying to say there. Uh, I was uh, really very kind of ticked off at the president's comments yesterday. I thought they were inflammatory. I thought they were awful. I thought they foment violence to some degree and radicalism when all we're asking for is one vote, one person, and all this Jim Crow nonsense and all this Civil War nonsense, and you're a racist and you're a white supremacist. And I just honestly, I'm at the brink. I just, I just, I'm sick of it. I'm sick and sick and sick of it. I'm not stupid. You're not stupid. We know that the battleground state stopped counting the vote at about midnight, the exact same time. The state of Georgia said it was a water main break. No water main break happened on video. The press and observers were chased out of the voting facility, and they got boxes of ballots from under a table and ran them through several times. There are hundreds and hundreds of sworn affidavits of voter fraud allegations, and there is plenty of evidence, plenty of evidence. That something happened. Here is, uh, and by the way, and, and I, I just, I was mad. I was mad this morning. Then Dinesh D'Souza kind of calmed me a little bit. Let's listen to what Dinesh D'Souza had to say about his speech. I'm trying to get my head around uh, Biden's speech because it was such an um, embarrassment, um, <laughs> a kind of um, a measure of how American political rhetoric has just gone into intellectual freefall. 
uh, pure kabuki theater. No attempt to even make an argument. No attempt to even persuade. You begin to wonder what the purpose of it is other than to appeal to the woke zombie crowd who think that some masterpiece has been delivered, but it's only, you know, intellectual crack cocaine for them. (laughs) But um, yes. Um, you would think that Biden would make some attempt to get to the root of the matter. And the root of the matter, as I see it, is this. We obviously want voter laws, voter integrity laws that make it easier to vote and harder to cheat. Yes. Those are the two obvious criteria of a good law. Easier to vote so all eligible people can vote and harder to cheat people who are not supposed to vote. And that's exactly what's going on. This morning I was reading through some uh, Jim Crow statutes, and it literally said white, black, white, black, black not allowed, white allowed, black not allowed, white allowed. Uh, I don't see anyone saying they don't want black people to vote. Oh, but it's subversive, Rob. It's subversive. It's, it's there. No, it's not. Not really. What's really racist is that Democrats think that people of color can't get an ID and rural voters can't figure out how to uh, photocopy their ID or, for that matter, take the picture of it and send it with your phone. Just amazing. Here's a little bit more of a Dinesh D'Souza. But Biden makes no attempt to measure these trade-offs. No attempt to say, all right, let's start looking at individual proposals, voter ID. Because they're afraid. I said it. Uh, the number of days um, that are allowed for early voting, the number of drop boxes. And let's see how the um, balance is struck between simultaneously trying to make voting easier and at the same time making sure that it is harder to cheat. The louder they yell, the bigger the lie they're trying to cover up. Um, This was not even attempted in the Biden speech. And so what you get is a whipped up frenzy, a um, kind of almost comical. You have to step back and appreciate the humor of this, Um, this um, worked up, brain dead, glazed eyed, but nevertheless, you know, (laughs) staccato outburst president of ours, this sort of global laughing stock. Um, making analogies that don't stand up for even the, the most um, room temperature IQ observer. <laughs> oh, the greatest threat since the Civil War. <laughs> Everything seems to be the greatest threat oh, yeah. to this, since the Civil War to this uh, moron. Yeah, and the uh, unarmed insurrection at the Capitol on January the 6th was the worst attack on the Capitol since the War of 1812. And voter reform laws are Jim Crow, Jim Crow on steroids. <laughs> Unbelievable. One more. One more note from Dinesh D'Souza about where we need to go from here as conservatives and people who want to make sure the vote is not stolen. This is a time when Republicans need to just laugh this stuff off, recognize that you're dealing with uh, sheer stupidity and uh, nothing intellectually serious, nothing even worrisome. Just keep our heads down, keep passing these laws one after the other and uh, keep doing block and tackle for the, um, at, the, um, at the federal level. We do block and tackle, they do bait and switch. Uh, until the midterm election, when we will vote. Okay, there you go. So that's what happened yesterday in uh, Pennsylvania. I've got a little bit more of that coming up, some special guests on uh, Newsmax yesterday. Also, what's happening in Texas with regard to uh, Democrat lawmakers uh, abandoning their duties and going to Washington, D.C. on private jets and bringing a case of beer. Yeah, that's real like that's like Martin Luther King Jr. going to Selma. I mean, he's <laughs> a private jet, the case of beer. You betcha. You betcha. That's more like spring break, actually. 
So California is reconsidering a math social justice curriculum overhaul because what they wanted to do is they wanted to say that math is racist and they wanted to basically um, keep kids of color ignorant of math, ignorant of English. Uh, the other day we heard that uh, speaking proper English is uh, is racist. Uh, no, it's not. Not if you're going to work for me. Not if you're going to work for me. If you don't know math and you're an accountant, you're not going to get hired. Okay. So uh, they, they sent this letter. The board apparently intends to f- a final decision on curriculum next May. They postponed implementing a proposed overhaul of mathematics curriculum saying that it's racist. California is on the verge of politicizing K-12 in a potentially disastrous way. Dr. William Evers, a senior fellow at the Independent Institute, said in a statement, this postponement means the State Board of Education has heard the message loud and clear. STEM leaders don't want California students left behind by introducing politics into the math curriculum. The board's reconsideration of the initiative comes after hundreds of former and current experts working in math, science, and engineering, as uh, well as others in the field, signed an open letter that said, P.S., and this is a quote, for all the rhetoric in this framework about equity, social justice, environmental care, and culturally appropriate pedagogy, uh, or pedagogy, I should say, there is no realistic hope for more fair, just, equal, and well-stewarded society if our schools uproot long-proven, reliable, and highly effective math methods and instead try to build a mathless, brave new world on a foundation of unsound technology. Math isn't racist. Math is math. It is an equation. It is a sum. It's never going to change. It's always the same. Music is the same way. Music is the same way. Music is math. To some degree, comedy is math. I am terrible at math. I hope I'm not terrible at comedy. So the new curriculum would focus on equity to recognize that mathematics over the years has developed in a way that has excluded many students, meaning some students suck at math. So let's just let the sucky kids uh, perform at the same level as the really good kids, or at least make them believe they are. Teachers need to work consciously to counter racialized or gendered ideas about mathematics achievement. (laughs) Wow. And then, of course, there's critical race theory, which uh, basically tells uh, kids of color they can't achieve anything because of uh, uh, racism, institutional racism. And uh, and everybody should hate white kids because they are truly, truly all privileged just because they are white. Let's call Ezra Namani. She is a mom. She is a mama bear in, uh, in northern Virginia. And she's fighting. Her kid just graduated from the best high school in America, which will soon be not the best high school in America. It's Thomas Jefferson. And it's right there in Northern Virginia. Let's give her a call, shall we? See what's going on on this fight. Hey there. Hey, good morning, Azra. How are you today? Good, good. Great. Oh, my goodness. We've got so much to talk about. So many things have happened since the last time we spoke. I understand that at your kid's school, Thomas Jefferson, some major uh, things have happened with regard to the PTA. Can you tell me what, what has happened? Oh, my gosh. You can't even make this up. So there was a... Uh, coup effort at the PTA at Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology, America's number one high school. I mean, we talk about, you know, all sorts of things in Haiti and and, and Cuba and all of this. Well, here in Northern Virginia, we had four parents elected to the PTSA, the Parent Teacher Student Association, yeah. who oppose critical race theory and our support merit education. They've got the majority of the seats on the seven-person board, and the PTA for the state of Virginia came in to basically 
um, abolish the PTSA. Unbelievable. um, Yeah, they want to they want to get rid of these guys. So they want to get rid of the four members who are against the, this is un, this is unreal. And this is on, on the heels of other things that have happened, like the uh, the school board doxing parents uh, oh. with regard to, uh, d- you know, disagreeing with critical race theory. Oh, yeah. This is how, we're literally across the border from Loudoun County, where it was just become famous because of this doxing of parents. Just yesterday, I saw in Arlington County, a woman who ran for school board trying to now go after parents who dare to question the purchase of Ibram Kendi books, you know, that were yeah. then given to students. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just this war on parents that's happening. There's demonization of parents. You know, you and I have talked. I am a longtime Democrat. Don't hold it against me. Mm-hmm. And I um, am a liberal. But these media outlets have unfortunately decided that they want to cast us all as, you know, members of the KKK. And that's even happened here in Fairfax County. They tried to identify parents now as members of the KKK, which is just outrageous. And so, (laughs) yeah. You usually don't see a lot of Indian members of the KKK. I just, I I don't think I've ever seen one before. (laughs) No, I'm a member of the NAACP, you know? So I don't know how, like, you carry both cards in the 21st century, but that's now the allegation, yeah. Unbelievable. So what about the uh, the president of the PTSA? Um, I I read an article this morning about her um, and her removal, I guess. Miss Ken? Yes, it's just such another example of political corruption on the local level and why it's so important to engage. So Bonnie Quinn was the president Mm -hmm. for about a couple weeks there, and she is a lawyer and uh, at the law firm of Arnold and Porter, which also represents the activist alumni group that has been going after admissions to TJ. Isn't that convenient? Yeah. Yeah. So so the next um, person in leadership has been a man named Harry Jackson. He was just elected. He's black, former uh, Naval Academy uh, grad. You know, he's an alumnus of the Naval Academy. He um, he is against critical race theory. And um, and, you know, basically, uh, Bonnie and her crew refused to give the new officers the Google Docs, you know, the wow. Facebook uh, admin rights, you know, all of the stuff that you need to basically run an organization. And um, wow. and so they removed her um, through a vote. It was all democracy. But again, just uh, two days ago, then the Virginia PTA came in and they have now sent a letter telling the PTSA that they are on probation, and guess what? What? They're assigning babysitters now to the TJ PTSA. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, you know, this is interesting because uh, since the last time I talked, uh, the president of the American uh, Federation of Teachers Union, Randy Weingarten, she said in the, in the same speech, she said that uh, elementary schools, high schools are not teaching critical race theory, but she is putting together a legal defense fund for teachers who teach critical race theory in elementary school and high school. <laughs> yeah. So basically she just admitted what she had denied. Yes, and, yes. I didn't even know Randy's name three months ago. I didn't follow the teachers unions, but we know it now. You know, I have watched her basically gaslight America. Yeah. And um, and it's just really 
it's, it's you know the, beyond the drama and the um and the you know insidiousness of all of this there's these children's lives that are at stake right that's what i never we can never forget like beautiful innocent human beings yeah. who are charting their way in life and we have to be the best that we can be for them Let's also talk about the war on Asian students that's going on at TJ right now. And this is absolutely shameful because academia should be based on excellence. I I mentioned this morning, there are people who are saying that math is racist. There are people who are saying proper English is racist. These are the same people, the same mantra that was around in Jim Crow, keep minorities stupid. That's what it, it is all about. And now you've got Asian kids who are busting their butts, who are excellent at everything that they do, and they're being discriminated against, and it's shifting the enrollment at the school. Yeah, so the reason why the PTA issue became, you know, headline news is because they put out their announcement just two hours before the admit, new admissions numbers for the class of 2025 at yeah. TJ, because yeah. they want to silence us in our opposition to this racist policy. The numbers reveal increases in black students, Hispanic students, and white students even. And the only racial group that had a decrease was Asian students. Targeted hit on Asian students down from 70% to 53%. Unbelievable. So what's happened to these kids? Where are they going to go? It's a purge of Asian students at our number one high school. They're going to get spread across to their base schools, as they're called. And this school then will end up, you know, having kids with lower levels of math. That's what we've seen as as a definite pattern now. And um, and, and that's going to have an impact then on the senior lab projects that they do. The school is committing suicide for uh, political correctness. They are committing suicide, academic suicide. Don't they take pride in the fact that they're supposed to be the most excellent school in the country? And this is going to damn that. Well, what's so ironic here is that this is coming down from the governor's office. And so this is why this is impacting politics in Virginia, too. Governor Northam is the one who put these policies in place. And, you know, he had that little issue with the blackface debacle. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes. So he (laughs) had to do a a makeover. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. These policies were part of his makeover, and now it's impacting the race for Terry McAuliffe and Glenn Youngkin for governor. This issue of education is impacting the race because it's it's not only the future of this school that's at stake, right? It's the future of the state and yeah. then the nation. Wow. And Virginia has traditionally been a leader in education, but now what we have is a war on math, a war on the number one school, a war on Asians. And so we have a lot of traditional Democrats, especially from the Asian community, 20 percent of northern Virginia moving over to the Yunkin camp. And this is something that Terry McAuliffe knows. You know, just last night, Don Lemon had uh, James Carville on again. Mm -hmm. And I know you're always watching Don Lemon. (laughs) (laughs) I know know you're tuning into him, so I do it for you. Only the highlights Uh, when I make fun of him. But go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, well, well. James Carville has been warning the Democratic Party oh, yeah. for weeks now that the wokeness is going to cost them votes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he went and spoke. Don Lemon gave him a platform last night. Oh, sorry. It wasn't Don Lemon. It was, um, you know, the brother. Um, oh, Cuomo. <laughs> yes, Cuomo. Oh, jeez. Yeah, even <laughs> worse. Call him the brother now. <laughs> it was the Cuomo. Um, and he... 
And Cuomo listens to him as he listens. And, um, and you know, I think they're mostly ignoring James Carville, right? He's just another relic of the white uh, male establishment <laughs> yes, to, yes. The, to, the, to the woke politics. And it's going to cost them votes because it's costing them in Virginia. I'm seeing so many parents uh, swinging and really showing up for Yunkin rallies because they're really uh, distressed. Like when you when you stand in the way of a mama bear and papa bear. And Thank you. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. You don't mess with mama bear. No, yeah, that politics aren't yeah. politics aren't a part of raising your kid. You want your kid to be excellent. And if people want to stand in the way, then then mama bear attacks. And that's the way it's got to be. Uh, and then also I'm seeing there, in some schools they want to get rid of the SAT. Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, they have removed oh. the SAT, ACT scores this past year. My son actually just graduated. And so we went through admissions process. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't matter anymore where they score on those. They they wow. go into the new uh, holistic uh, system of a subjective analysis. And oh. these poor kids, yeah, these poor kids, like they work so hard and and all of the metrics are gone now because they're deemed racist because of this, quote, equity gap. Right. To wrap this up, do you feel like you're making headway? Because it sounds like uh, it sounds like the battle of the bulge here. Uh, it, oh. You know, it, they, and they keep pushing back. But it sounds like you're making some headway. Oh, we are. I mean, we are winning school board races that are pushing out, you know, a lot of the folks that are trying to silence parents. Uh, we, we are. Speaking up, I mean, as you know, Rob, sunlight is the best disinfectant. I mean, this is your life. And, you know, you know that having these conversations is so critical. Everybody has critical race theory, you know, somewhere in their universe now. And Mm -hmm. they're talking about it. And and policies are being challenged. Books are being pulled that are just racist. Um, Consultants are being dismissed, you know, so there is headway. And I don't want to encourage all parents You know, we started this organization called Parents Defending Education, and I want to encourage everyone to go to the website. It's called DefendingEd.org. Report your incident in your school district, and we'll investigate it, and we'll send them a public records request and get on their hit list because they don't like these requests coming in. But but you got to speak up, and please reach out to us. All right. Listen, it was great talking to you again. Keep up the good fight. God bless you, Osborne. Keep it up, okay? Thank you. All right. We'll talk again soon. Azra Namani, ladies and gentlemen, fighting the good fight against a CRT. Texas Democrats left the state because they don't want to vote on voting reform on uh, uh, election security and whatnot. It's not about racism. It's not about Jim Crow. And the fact that they are acting like they're some sort of uh, civil rights leaders is really just an insult, just a complete and utter foul, filthy insult. And in a second, I'm going to show you how the ultimate insult happened when they tried to sing a song that is generally associated with the civil rights movement and they butchered it. They even got the lyrics wrong. We'll get to that in a second. We have a senator speaking about the Democrats escaping, and then we'll hear about the vote in Texas uh, in the House that uh, voted to arrest the members of the Democrat Party when they come back to the state. This is Senator John Cornyn. Chartered jets, maskless, with at least one case of light beer. Oh, this is just like Martin Luther King Jr. going to Selma. And hopped on the jets to come to Washington. $100,000 for two planes, by the way. D.C. <laughs> Mr. Speaker, I move that. The chair recognizes Mr. Metcalf from a- This is the vote for uh, arresting him when they come back to Texas. 
Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, I move that the Sergeant at Arms or officers appointed by him send for all absentees who in attendance is not excused for the purpose of. Hey, you said the Texas Rangers to Washington, D.C. on horseback. That'd be cool. Securing and maintaining their absence under. Hi, ho, silver away. Warrant of arrest if necessary. Members, you heard the motion, Mr. Turner of Dallas. It's a question of record vote. The clerk ring the bell. There you go. Ding, ding, ding. You're going to jail. Or at least you're going to get back here and you're going to do your civic duty, do the duty that you said you were going to do when you were elected to office. Here are some of the Democrats, uh, led by some of the oldest, whitest people you could possibly imagine on Capitol Hill yesterday. I just want to offer that at the outset of this legislative session, the process was poisoned. And it was poisoned by a governor who defunded the legislative branch in violation... Because you weren't doing your job, so he took your salary away. ...of both our state constitution, which has very specific language about separation of powers, and also what has been developed under the jurisprudence of our U.S. Constitution. When you start the process in such a coercive way, when you say, I am going to be the absolute ruler of the state of Texas and deal... No, when you don't do your job, you don't get paid. That's the way it goes. Here's one of the uh, Democrats saying that she was be, she felt she was being held hostage with her cushy job as a legislator. And I'm up here because I don't plan to be a sitting person in that legislature. Not going to be a sitting person. I'm not going to be... A- a sitting, you ain't no sitting duck. I'm, a sitting duck, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. A, I'm not, not going to be a hostage. Oh, oh. Well, yeah, yeah. Hostage is the Civil War and the War of 1812. Here they are, absolutely butchering a beautiful song that was written in 1901, by the way. Absolutely beautiful song, We Shall Overcome. It's called We Shall Overcome. Here they are. Not only are they tone deaf, they don't know the lyrics. Standing there when a new Voting Rights Act for this century is there, and the rights that were struggled, that so many lives were taken, so much courage. This is one of the really old, really super white guys. It's demonstrated, are preserved once again. I turn it back over to you for the questions, and uh, thank you very much for all that you and all of your colleagues are doing here today. We will overcome. We will overcome. We will overcome. Oh boy. Deep in our hearts, I do believe we will overcome. Wow, that was as bad as it, it possibly gets. Here's actually how the song should uh, sound and uh, the proper lyric. kid from Iowa. I knew that. We shall overcome. We shall overcome. Some uh, was he? We shall overcome. We shall overcome. Yeah, I know the song. I know. Yeah, yeah. Someday we will be relieved and we shall overcome someday. Wow. That was uh, absolutely awful on the on the part of uh, the Texas lawmakers. And here is Greg Abbott appearing with uh, he's a governor. He's the governor of Texas with uh, Greg Kelly talking about the, <laughs> the Democrats leaving the state. What's going to happen realistically? I mean, could they be arrested by uh, by a regular police officer? Uh, does it have to be? Uh, the by the way, it's, I do believe that someday we'll be relieved and we shall overcome someday. I did that from memory. Sergeant at arms, how would this work? 
the way that it works is uh, after after what the House passed, that empowers the Sergeant at Arms to work with the Texas Department of Public Safety uh, to go out and arrest these members. The limitation, Greg, however, is that uh, the arrest has to be made with their presence in the state of Texas because the jurisdiction of the Texas Department of Public Safety ends at the state lines. That's exactly why the, the Democrats fled to another state. They've done this before with redistricting in years past when they went to Oklahoma or New Mexico. Uh, this time they went to Washington, D.C. But here's what the Democrats know. They know that the minute they arrive back into the state of Texas, they're going to be getting a free escort to the Texas Capitol where they will be put to work to do the job, the job that the people who elected them to do. I know that the uh, orange jumpsuit is not necessary, but that would be kind of cool. It really, it really would. Here's uh, Greg Abbott talking about the absolute pointlessness of flying out on private jets with cases of beer and no masks on. Well, let, let's be clear about this. Re Republicans <laughs> are going to win anyway because oh, yes. the special election, special session lasts for 30 days. If they don't come back within that 30 days, I'll call another special session. If they don't come back during those 30 days, I call another special session. I'll keep calling special sessions all the way until the election next year. They're going to have to come back sometime, and they're going to have to face up uh, to what the voters put them in office to do, and that is to show up. Greg, think about this. If you didn't show up for your job, would you get a paycheck? For your viewers, if you didn't show up for your job, would you get a paycheck? Of course not. Well, unless you're on, uh, you know, enhanced government unemployment benefits. So, but you know, these that. state representatives are not showing up to do their job, and yet they are still getting a paycheck from the taxpayers of the state of Texas. That is wrong, and taxpayers of Texas are going to get mighty upset about this. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, one more cut from Mr. Abbott, Governor Abbott, about what is actually in the law that the Democrats say is the worst thing since the Civil War. Texas is actually increasing the number of hours of early voting, what? not decreasing it. In Texas, we have at least 12 days of early voting uh, with longer hours under the proposal that we're offering up. Let's put that in contrast to the state in which President Biden votes, which is Delaware, which offers zero hours of early voting. Oh. If there's any state in the United States that's suppressing votes, uh, it would be Delaware, <laughs> not Texas. So, Nobody's asked the president that, by the way. Second point with some of those items that you mentioned, such as the drive-through voting and the 24-hour voting, Greg, you have to, you and the audience need to understand this, and that is, those were voting strategies that were allowed only by Harris County, which is where Houston, Texas, is located, only during this past election. As you probably know, Article One, Section Four of the United States Constitution provides that it's states not counties, that have the authority to uh, come up with the ah. time, place, and manner of elections. And Harris County violated the United States Constitution when they imposed 24-hour voting and drive-through voting that had never been done in the state of Texas before. So what Texas is doing is just clarifying under its constitutional authority what Harris County and the rest of the state can and cannot do. You can't be a rogue county, in other words. Yeah, you just can't. So, you know, I, I get a honeydew list every day for my wife, and uh, and I'm, I'm a busy person as it is, and I, and I do a lot of stuff. I work at home, and, and one of the things that I hate to do is, is drop everything and go to the post office. And have you ever been at home, and you've got maybe a roll of stamps, and you don't want to go to the post office and weigh the dang thing, so you'll put more than enough stamps on it or not put enough stamps on it. You'll either get it back to you or, you know, somebody at the post office is going, what are they trying to hide by putting so much postage on this? You know, it, it's just a, it's a pain. It's just a pain. I went to the grocery store the other day to ask for, uh, can you guys weigh this and, and do this? Because I was just at the grocery store. No, we can't do that. You got to go to the post office. I'm like, oh, 
Stamps.com, you can weigh your own package at home and then you can put the proper postage on it. All you got to do is print it off on your, on your existing printer. Nothing fancy. It's pretty amazing. I've got Stamps.com and I want you to try Stamps.com because you can print U.S. postage and shipping labels 24-7 without having to leave your desk change out of your pajamas or buy any fancy equipment. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. Once your mail is ready, drop it off. Just schedule a pickup or drop it off. It's really that simple. And you're going to save some money too, by the way. Did you realize that you could save up to 40% on USPS postage and up to 66% off UPS shipping rates? Nothing against the people at the post office. I just, I, it's a pain. I, I'd rather do it here. That's why I work at home. I like working at home. So I want you to try this, guys. You get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. That's kind of cool. No long-term commitments or contracts, all right? Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage. I get credit for it. The show gets credit for it. You get credit for it. Type in the word Newsmax, Newsmax, okay? That's stamps.com, promo code Newsmax, stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Cuba. The government, the heirs to Castro's regime, shut down the Internet two nights ago. People are dying because of it. We don't know because we can't see it. It's kind of like Tiananmen Square. No Democrats are standing up for the freedom of the Cuban people. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you know, the squad, Nancy Pelosi, none of them are saying a thing about this. But Republicans are like Marco Rubio, who was on Spicer and Company yesterday. I think emboldened them. But more importantly, here's the impact that it had. I think it actually opened some people's eyes. He was talking about uh, Barack Obama opening Cuba slightly a few years ago. Including people on the island of Cuba because they saw, okay, here's the United States allowing this, that, and the other to now happen. And what what people don't understand is we can decide to open up all we want. It's the Cuban regime that allows how much of that opening they allow in. So they said, thank you for sending us tourists in the Obama. Every Cuban citizen gets five pounds of rice a week and one pound of beans. That's it. They have to go to the hotels that we control and that we own. You know, thank you. Tell that to your kids. Say, hey, guys, this week we're just eating rice and beans. Yeah. We're relying more money to be sent to family members. We're going to take a 10 percent cut and then we're going to force it to become a local currency so we can keep the dollars for ourselves and, and use it for our in our stockpile and for our purchases. So I think what was learned from the opening is they control how much of that opening reaches the Cuban people. They cannot, that regime cannot allow the Cuban people to have prosperity. They cannot allow an opening to benefit the Cuban people because the day the Cuban people can provide food for their own families and not have to rely on the government, they lose control over them. Oh, and that kind of sounds like what's happening in the United States with the extended unemployment benefits so you don't have to go to work. And then the food stamps. And I could go on and on and on and on and on. Here is, a, oh, this is great. This is Lawrence O'Donnell on, uh, on MSNBC. He's one of those people who say, the reason why communism hasn't worked and the reason why socialism hasn't worked is it hasn't been done right. That's an argument I used to hear in high school. It's so sophomoric. Here he is. Are only partially assignable to the embargo and almost entirely the fault of 60 years of dictatorial government by economic illiterates. Which is what always happens with socialists and communists. Cuba's problem is not too much socialism, as Republicans would have you believe. (laughs) It is too much dictatorship. Uh, Well, usually they go hand in hand. And communism is the same thing there, uh, Lawrence. Lawrence. (laughs) One more note from uh, Benny Johnson. This is Benny Johnson. He's got a great show on Newsmax. Follows me on Saturday, actually, uh, talking about he just moved to Miami, and he's seen a lot. Find me the raft. 
I want to know. I want to see the raft of someone who built a raft to escape capitalism. Show me. Doesn't I want to find a single raft. I now live in Florida. I am in an empty house in an empty room because I just moved into our new home in Florida. I can show you an entire pile of rafts in Miami from people treading through shark-infested waters to escape the human carnage of socialism and communism in that country. Why isn't AOC saying anything? Yet you have Democrats who pretend to support Latinos who won't even tweet about an entire nation of Latin people who have the jackboot of a murderous concentration camp running evil dictatorship on their necks and they are crying out for freedom, true freedom fighters here in Cuba. We have an opportunity here to free the the Cuban people. We have an opportunity as a country, as a people, as a government to help them out. I'm not saying militarily, but by God in heaven, we got to stand up for them. They've been under this tyrannical regime for 60 years. They yearn to breathe free. We know that what they've done in Cuba has been an absolute failure, uh, without a doubt, an absolute failure. It's time to stand up for them. That is going to do it for the show today, guys. I greatly appreciate you joining me today. I want to thank Azra Nomani for making an appearance on the show. Tomorrow, we're going to have Doug Mastriano on from the state of Pennsylvania. Yeah, and also, uh, I believe we have Chris Salcedo as well from Newsmax on the show tomorrow. In the meantime, if you get a chance to, go to stamps.com, click on the little microphone in the upper right-hand corner, and type in Newsmax to get a four-week free trial at a scale so you don't have to go to the post office. In the meantime, also, I just want to say God bless you, God bless our police, God bless our military. Remember Ashley Babbitt, and above all, say it with me, people. Don't catch the stupid. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.